Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Greetings, conversationalists. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation this open line Friday. The phone number, 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, you can. But I'm going to talk first. I'm going to talk about a topic I know nothing about. It's true. I am a professional, which allows me to talk about something I know nothing about and make it sound cogent and coherent. I'm actually going to talk about a topic I know a great deal about as it relates to a topic I really couldn't care less about and don't know much about. That is, we need to talk about, oh, I'll do it with the, I'll do it properly and say soccer. More specifically, the World Cup. Now, Philip, the digital director for the Eric Erickson Show, has a brother named Andy. And Andy likes soccer. There are jokes to be had. I will not have them. But Andy's a soccer fan. And on Sundays... He comes over occasionally for bourbon and cigar night. Doesn't have the bourbon, but does have the cigar. uh, And will watch football on the front porch. Football, actual real American football. And he's kind of begging us at this point to watch soccer with him. The World Cup, if you don't know, is in Qatar. Qatar, I know a lot about. I used to live near Qatar. Lived in Dubai. Um, Charlie, I don't know if you know this or not, but I grew up in Dubai. (laughs) <laughs> we were we were in Orlando for that event at WDBO two weeks ago, and I was starting to tell a story. I said, so I grew up in Dubai, and he fell out. He's like, yeah, I know. Heard that plenty of times. Um, so I grew up in Dubai, very near Qatar. And uh, soccer, of course, football in the rest of the world is a very big deal. Uh, American football is trying to expand into Western Europe. It is not as much a big deal in the world. The world's game is soccer. And Qatar is hosting the World Cup, and they're hosting it at this time of year when temperatures are mild. Uh, So when I was a kid in the Middle East, you know, it snows in Israel during the wintertime. In Dubai, it could get into the 40s, and very few houses had heat. Uh, We had space heaters in our house, a plug-in to the wall, carry them around the house, space heaters. There was no heating with our air conditioning in Dubai. In fact, uh, during the summertime, it would get so hot, you had inside water heaters, one for each bathroom. And in the summertime, you would turn off the water heaters in your house And the water tank that's set on your roof for the cold water was your hot water because it would get into the hundreds, I mean, up to like 120, 115 regularly, and you're on the ocean, so you got 100% humidity. You go outside, we had these big almond trees in our yard. We had a very square house with very flat roof, windows that opened sideways, and big eucalyptus trees and almond trees in the front yard. And the almond trees have very big leaves, and they would be dripping with water in the morning. It was so humid. Uh, and you'd have massive heat. It was just, it could be miserable. But there were some days in the summer where you'd have like 115 degrees and no humidity. You'd hang your clothes outside. They dry faster than if you put them in the dryer. 
Qatar is in that area, and it gets cool in the wintertime. It can get down in the 40s and 50s at night. It can be in the 70s and 80s during the day. Perfect weather this time of year in the Middle East. The problem is that Qatar is a terror-funding, awful regime. And it will not surprise you to note there are questions of propriety and impropriety as to how a Middle Eastern uh, nation was able to get the World Cup. There have been allegations and speculation about bribery and corruption. Given FIFA, uh, I used to say FIFA, I have been corrected by the soccer fans, it's FIFA. Of course it's FIFA, fee-fi-fo-fum. Um, FIFA is not exactly a, an on-the-up-and-up organization. It has issues. So it's put the World Cup in Qatar, a Muslim nation where if you're gay, you're rounded up and tortured. Yes, that nation is hosting the World Cup. Ironic, the nation that rounds up gay men and tortures them is hosting the World Cup, and they are using gay Qataris, according to a press report, to lure in other gay men to also capture, beat, and torture them. Although they're saying, don't worry, if you're a Westerner, you're going to get a pass, but if you're a Middle Easterner, you're Muslim and you come to the World Cup and you happen to go find a community of gay people uh, in Qatar, expect to be uh, outed by to the secret police, locked up and tortured. The kicker, though, is the alcohol. You're getting a bunch of Europeans to go to a teetotaling Islamic country where Budweiser has a multi-million dollar sponsorship deal and two days before the start of the World Cup, Qatar has banned alcohol sales which they had promised they would allow. It's too late for the World Cup to abandon Qatar, and Qatar is now walking back all of their promises. So Dubai is the freest part of the Middle East. Of Muslim countries, Dubai, the Emirate of Dubai, is the freest. When I was a kid in the 80s, we had liquor stores. If you were an American, you could get a uh, both your American passport and you could get a uh, essentially a liquor license that looked like a passport and you could go buy beer, wine, and liquor uh, at the liquor store. If you were a Westerner, you could go to restaurants and they had full bars. In fact, being overseas, the drinking age was 18. You could do that. But... Uh, if you're caught making out on the beach, you're going to be flogged. There have been uh, multiple reports, even out of Dubai, the freest of the Middle Eastern areas, of both uh, gay people who are caught having sex or heterosexual couples um, being thrown in prison and beaten uh, for being openly promiscuous, openly having sexual relations. Uh, if you are over uh, exposed on the beach, you can it can cause you troubles. You know, we got invited to like executions when I was a kid. We lived very near the the prison. Every morning, you would hear them play the national anthem, and I mean, you'd hear the bagpipes and the drums and the beatings, and it's where they had the executions. They had an interview in in the uh, Khalij Times, the local newspaper, every year. It seemed like with the royal executioner in Dubai, and he would uh, lopping off limbs and lopping off heads and overseeing the stoning of people. It was a free country, but you better be careful because it wasn't as free as Western countries, and Qatar is more repressive, and that's where they've put the World Cup, 
and they're sending a bunch of hedonistic Europeans and Americans there, not giving them alcohol after promising to give them alcohol, and they're using tortured gay Qataris to try to bait other gay people into getting arrested so they can be tortured. Well done, FIFA. This is going to be a disaster. And maybe it will be a disaster. Maybe not. Maybe Qatar will realize it. But here's the problem. Qatar flirts both with Iran and terrorist regimes. Qatar tries to, is very two-faced. They try to make kissy face with the West, particularly the United States. They claim to be an ally of ours. The Saudis, the Emiratis, the Bahrainians, the Omanis, uh, the Jordanians and the Egyptians are not big fans of the Qataris these days because the Qataris have also been sending money to Iran and working with the Iranians. Even though Qatar is Sunni Muslim and Iran is Shiite Muslim, the Qataris have been in relationships with the Iranians and the Russians and the Chinese and Al-Qaeda and ISIS. In fact, when we allowed some of the Taliban and Al-Qaeda members out of Gitmo and sent them to Qatar, which promised to house them and keep them under house arrest, Qatar let them go. Maybe they're there plotting. Who knows? But we're at this point because many of the world governing sports agencies, whether you're talking about the International Olympic Committee or you're talking about FIFA, they're corrupt. They are corrupt as all get out. Uh, if you're if you've got a domestic sporting organization within one jurisdiction, they're far less likely to be corrupt because that jurisdiction can investigate them. So, for example, uh, while the NFL, Major League Baseball, the National Hockey League is a little bit of an exception because it's Canadians, too, but it's kind of the same sense of law and order. But they tend to be American. And as a result, uh, the Department of Justice and others can investigate them. When you're talking about FIFA or the IOC, they're an international conglomeration and countries tend to be handoff, particularly if you're FIFA or the IOC, you're handling the sporting events of the world. And so you get very corrupt and very few people engage with them and they have a license to be licentious and corrupt. You know, that relatedly, there's a story today in the news trades that the Braves in Atlanta, Georgia, may become a publicly traded company. There is not a major league baseball team that is publicly traded. The Green Bay Packers, of which I am an owner, every 10 years allows a sale of stock uh, to increase the ownership uh, and allow fans to own a part of the company. And they have a big shareholder meeting every year. And, and the company largely uh, has members who help control and run the company. And they have a management team that they, is put together for the shareholders. The Liberty Media, which owns the Braves, believes that there is untapped value in the real estate properties of the Braves in addition to the team, and so they're willing to spin it off as a publicly traded company. If they are to do this, you can be a 1,000% sure some progressive who hates baseball is going to insist there's a diversity, equity, and inclusion committee and that they change the name of the team for offending Native Americans who are totally fine with the team name. If the Braves become publicly traded, it's going to go politically correct quick. 
I hope they rethink this. Now, there is some speculation of the trades that this may actually be a front to just be able to sell the team without baseball owner permission. Because if you turn it out into a publicly traded entity and someone buys up a majority of the stock, that person essentially becomes the owner of the Braves without having to kiss the butts of the Major League Baseball owners. The Major League Baseball owners tend to be... Uh, unwilling to allow others to sell. You got to have unanimity when you sell a baseball team. And they've become very insular billionaires over time. They don't like to bring in new people. And you got to whine them, dine them, woo them, and make commitments to them. And it, that in and of itself can be corrupting. It's one reason I personally think the Congress and the DOJ needs to uh, apply antitrust rules to Major League Baseball. But for all of the faults there, it's not FIFA. That an international entity that is dominated by the West would, through bribery or corruption, force us all to go to an oppressive, repressive, terrorist-sponsoring regime's nation to watch soccer should be offensive to every person, whether you're a soccer fan or not. And particularly if you are a soccer fan and you want to go to the games— to understand the reason you're having to pay the massive amount of money to fly to some godforsaken part of the world in the middle of November around Thanksgiving to watch teams play when it's not a bajillion degrees outside where you can't have a beer and God forbid you're gay, that should infuriate every single last person. It is appalling. It is predictable. And it is something that should be investigated by the Western nations. They should be asking how Qatar wound up with this, except they won't because they're deeply worried about Qatar and its money being even further aligned with rogue regimes like Iran and ISIS and even Russia. And so Qatar gets a pass and FIFA will get a pass and you won't be able to drink in the stadium unless you're in a uh, luxury booth that costs millions of dollars to be in and if you are caught kissing or doing anything inappropriate, heterosexually or not, expect to be flogged by the Qatari secret police. And if you are gay and you want to go watch soccer in Qatar, may God have mercy on your soul because the Qataris have no intention of having any mercy on you at all. And you need to know that going in and be very careful. It was awful that they decided to send this to Qatar. I want to tell you guys a little about a group I've been working with, Americans for Prosperity. Maybe you've heard of them. They're the largest grassroots network in the country fighting to expand freedom and opportunity so that we can unleash prosperity in America again. Here's what I like about Americans for Prosperity. They focus on building movements at the community level, not Washington, D.C. That's actually how I first came to know them, in Georgia, helping rise up the Tea Party movement in 2010. They understand we're not going to find solutions in Washington. we got to take power out of Washington. That's going to have to come from Americans like you outside the Beltway bubble. That's why I'm excited to partner with Americans for Prosperity to provide an effective platform where we can talk to our fellow Americans and advocate for solutions to the most critical challenges facing the country. I encourage you to learn more about Americans for Prosperity by going to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. It's an open line Friday. I'm Eric Erickson. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, let's go try. Lewis, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show. 
Eric, I just got to give you a, a heads up of my running out here. I've been running every day. Uh, haven't had any problems getting fuel. Um, the, the fear about the diesel fuel shortage, I think, is just plain fear monitoring through the media. Because not only do you have the trucking industry, you have the rail industry, you have cargo ships, you have off-road construction vehicles. And if, if they were going to run out, they would be pulling trucks off the road back to the terminals because you could not afford to have all these trucks just sitting out here and not having the way to fuel. Uh, fuel diesel fuel is, if you know this, you or dad was in the, in the oil industry, diesel fuel is a byproduct off of crude oil. Uh, yeah. They have to manufacture gasoline. So, I mean, this the whole I'm in Oklahoma today, and... I see all these oil trucks, rigs, fracking trucks. They're out here working. So the 22-day uh, length of running out of fuel, that's, that's not, not going to happen. That's just not going to happen. Well, look, uh, I'm, I'm glad you say that. that Congress, People have been very concerned about it. Well, the common sense thing, Congress should, you know, common sense would say, okay, let's get the energy thing worked out first, and then we can move along to the other stuff. But... You know, far and wide, you've got way too many things on a federal level that would have to take place in order to run out. So that's just not going to happen. Good. I'm glad. Uh, our economy definitely depends on it. Uh, now, I will tell you, um, I've been reading uh, from Bloomberg and others that the situation in Europe is far worse than here because so much of the diesel there requires extra additives that we don't require in this country. And they're actually starting to really worry in Europe about access and availability of diesel because of the byproducts running out. You got uh, several governments, including the the uh, Germans, the French, and the British, thinking of scrapping the requirements for the byproducts just to free up supply, which probably is a good idea. Um, it's good to hear from truck drivers across country. Lewis is a truck driver who's called in uh, before that this is not a problem. I will tell you there is a problem. It's not diesel. Uh, listener Andy emailed last night, said, uh, you know what he can't find? A turkey. Turns out there's a turkey shortage. Um, the grocery stores are moving heaven and earth to get as many to the grocery stores as possible right now. Uh, hopefully you will be able to find one, but they have been in short supply in the last week or so. So if you can find your turkey this weekend, it's going to need to be thawed out anyway, uh, which reminds me, if you text recipe to 33777, uh, the recipe singular, not plural, just recipe, uh, you can get all the recipes that I've been sending out. And yesterday I pushed out, you'll be able to find it on the site, uh, links to my gravy recipe, my turkey recipe, my breakfast recipes, even an easy sugar cookie recipe and some other stuff. Uh, if you need recipes on how to do stuff, I will tell you, uh, in all honesty and sincerity, if you are getting your turkey, keep it in the bottom of your fridge. Go on and get it this weekend so that it is thawed out by Thursday morning. Um, get it on Sunday. Put it at the bottom of your fridge. Let your turkey thaw out so that you can have turkey for Thanksgiving. You don't want to try to smoke a frozen turkey or a roast of frozen turkey because the outside will be dried out before the inside is even cooked. Uh, you got to let it thaw out. Um, and also, if you can help provide for those in need this Thanksgiving, please text the word DONATE to 33777 or go to the website ericthanksgiving.com 
and donate. Uh, we're helping Hungry for a Day. They're trying to feed 35,000 families around the country, uh, providing meals all over the nation. They'll provide the turkey and the trimmings, but they need your help to do it. Uh, $40 feeds a family of four. Text DONATE to 33777. I'll text you back the link where you can donate. It's an open line Friday. You can call in 877-973-7425. Glad to have you here with me. If you want to be on the program, let's go take some phone calls. I'm going to start with Andrew. Welcome. Andrew? Hey, Eric. How you doing? Yeah, Good. How are you? How are you doing? Good. Uh, yeah, thanks for taking my call. I, w- I was thinking about last hour when you were talking about you know how you, you you don't carry water for the Republicans and 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 you know basically have integrity and independent thinking and and that's and that's exactly how we should be right as conservatives, independent thinkers, critical thinkers, and all those things. No, the only thing is I want to know what's I, and I agree with that, but how do we reconcile that the Democrats who have nuttiest policies, you know, they have. I can't believe Joe Biden is president. Surely the Democrats have somebody (laughs) better to run, you know, and all. But they coalesce around each other, Uh, you know. And I want—I just want to hear your thoughts on compare and contrast Trump's first two years. He had the House, the Senate, and the White House, and they were so fractured. Half of them liked him, half didn't. They didn't get things done. And here you have these off-the-wall radical policies of the Dems, and they rock. They were successful their first two years. They're terrible policies, but they got things done because they all came together. So what what is your what are your thoughts on how do yeah. we reconcile? So, you know, it is true that uh, progressives, by the way, and, and, and Andrew, I got to let you go there because you got some background noises that are, are going to rupture my eardrum here. Um the Democrats are more homogenous than Republicans. We're actually a more diverse party than they are. And I know that the media would have you believe otherwise, but you're more likely to find a pro-abortion or pro-gay marriage uh, Republican than you are to find a pro-traditional marriage, pro-life Democrat. So the Democrats uh, can herd themselves better, and they're all scared of their base. The Republicans hate their base. The Democrats are scared of their base. I will say this, though, on the issue of integrity. Uh, Just look at the midterms. Republicans who did not campaign on a stolen election but focused on the economy and crime, they won. They won in New York. They picked up Democrat D-plus 10 seats in New York. They've picked up seats in in California. They've picked up seats even in Arizona that gets overlooked because of Blake Masters and Kerry Lake, but Republicans did well there. They did great in Florida. There are ways for Republicans to march together. What voters said they wanted was sane Republicans. You can see it in the data. You can see it in the patterns. You can see it in the voting. There are states in this country where Republicans did very well at the state level and terribly at the federal level, where they usually do well. It is independent and Republican voters saying, we, we, we want some grown-ups, please. The Democrats actually have not been highly effective in Congress. They got a bipartisan infrastructure deal done. They were able to get their their mini build back better through reconciliation. But most of what they've gotten done has been administratively through Biden and the regulatory state, all of that to be undone by the next Republican president. 
I understand the frustration of Republicans, though, who get mad at me and say, uh, well, why are you bashing our side? Why are you bashing our side? Y'all, I've been bashing our side since since 2004 when George Bush was president, telling them not to do comprehensive immigration reform. I'm a conservative before I'm a Republican. I want conservative things done. And I think if the GOP was actually competently conservative, they would win more. But instead, they want to be crazy. We don't need to go out screaming about stolen elections. Even if you believe it, every single one who did lost. That should be your wake-up call that it's time to move on from relitigating 2020. And some people just can't help themselves. And the voters really do want some politicians with integrity. Every Republican won on election night with the exception of Lee Zeldin, and he came closer than any Republican since 1994 in New York. All the Republicans who won were Republicans who were decent human beings, not celebrity candidates, who focused on local issues related to crime and the economy. Tudor Dixon in Michigan, she got blown out of the water. Do you know she spent more ads on transgenderism and critical race theory than on the economy? She's running for freaking governor of Michigan and made her whole campaign about culture war issues. The voters only care about the culture war issues if you signal you care about their 401k. And she never signaled that, and she lost. Dragged the whole party down. Mastriano in, in Pennsylvania was famous for denying the election was legitimate in 2020 and, and running as Trump's guy, stolen election guy. Trump, by the way, has already thrown him under the bus, said he was a terrible candidate, regretted supporting him. Same with Dr. Oz. The good Republicans who ran good campaigns about the future, they won. The path forward for the GOP is to run good campaigns about the future of the country and not keep squabbling about Trump in the past. Um, Tying ourselves to one man and making him indispensable is a terrible idea, and I don't care who that person is, Ronald Reagan, Donald Trump, Calvin Coolidge, the Bushes, you name it. Uh, The party must be bigger than the man. It is unfortunate to me. Rona McDaniel, the chairman of the RNC, says she's got 100 of like 186 RNC committee people who say they support her reelection. She is the chair of the Republican Party who oversaw the losses of 2018, 2020, and now 2022, and she thinks she deserves reelection. Um The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and and expecting different results. It would be insane to put this woman back in charge of the RNC when Lee Zeldin offers so much. Frankly, it's probably the consultants who are getting so many commissions they can't afford to let her go and go broke that are pushing this. But the GOP needs to do better. Sammy, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show, Sammy. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Great. Um, My whole life as a millennial, I have heard from older Republicans that my generation is the problem, that we're too soft, that we're too in our feelings, and that we demand things that the older generation think that we're nuts to demand. But had they said at any point, you guys are right, it's broken, and we need you to work with us to fix it because we don't have the solutions. They missed an opportunity to bring up the next generation to believe in the individual's rights over everything, and they cut their own nose to spite their face but by pushing us away. Excuse me. Um, make America Great Again should have been Make America What It Was Intended to Be. And I think going back to John Locke and Montesquieu and teaching what they felt it should be, that 
would have won the millennials hands down. Oh, well, of course you would say that because you're a millennial. (laughs) 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 Look, no, seriously, you're, you're right. Uh, And you know, I beat it, beat a a proud Gen Xer. I make jokes about millennials as well, but to your point, uh, it is interesting that this big wave of Republicans that have gotten elected in 2020, 2022 are overwhelmingly millennial. And I think you'll begin to see the conversation change. Look, I, as much as I don't like Nancy Pelosi, I have to give her credit that at 82, she said, I'm done in leadership. I'm not leaving Congress, but it's time for younger generation. I would like to see some of the Republican leaders say the same thing instead of bitterly clinging to power. Let younger voices with new ideas come to power instead of blaming younger people for not voting. Uh, You know, the big issue for the GOP has got to be not millennials, but the Gen Zers. It's kind of ironic, and this this is kind of my thinking, is that as millennials have gotten older, they're starting to vote more Republican. And I do think that as Gen Z gets older and starts earning a paycheck and sees the taxes come out, they too move to the right. It's kind of every generation, my own included, does that. But instead of making excuses and saying, well, the younger people, they're not voting for us, leave them out, we got to find ways to convert them. It, honestly, if I were a Republican donor, I would be looking at, at Turning Point and other on-campus groups that supposedly are trying to bring people to our side and defunding them and because we clearly haven't gotten our investment back out of it in terms of voters. Uh, one of the great campus groups out there, this is not an ad transition, it's just Americans, uh, Young Americans Foundation. Young Americans Foundation, I dearly love. I think that group does a phenomenal job, and I wish we had more groups like that instead of the the keg party conservatives. Um, But unfortunately, we got a lot of people who are spending donor money and wasting it uh, trying to bring in younger voters, and I do think there's a a need for older Republicans to both allow younger Republicans to have a seat at the table and also, to Sammy's point, actually make the case of uh, not making America great again, but making America the way the founders intended it and embracing federalism and telling people, you know what, these are state-level problems, solve them at the state level. Uh, we're here for the things in Article 1, Section 8. But then again, I'm a uncompromising small government conservative. David, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm all right, Eric. How are you doing today? Great. I just got a quick question, Eric. Do you think that this grand jury is going to indict Donald Trump or turn out any criminal charges against Donald Trump? I have a real hard time believing they're going to. Um, For spite and for politics, they might. But, you know, the Department of Justice actually has a really terrible track record lately of prosecuting high-profile political people. Uh, Even, what was his name, Donald Trump's friend who they tried to prosecute over uh, graft, greed, corruption related to the inauguration of Trump, uh, that guy got, um, that case got thrown out. He was found not guilty. I just, I I think it's time for everybody to move on for Trump. And and I don't just say that as uh, telling people on the right, look for someone else. I think people on the left, if they just stopped talking about Trump, if the New York Times stopped covering Trump, he would fade away. Elon Musk today is announcing he hasn't made a decision yet on whether to allow Trump back on Twitter. Now, Trump has a Truth Social account, and nobody's on Truth Social. I mean, there are some people on Truth Social. I've got an account there. I don't use it. 
I just reserved it. Um, all these reporters saying they're getting off Twitter, going to something called Mastodon. Yeah, all they're doing at Mastodon is putting up their tweets complaining about Twitter. I think the the worst thing that could happen to Trump is to get the exposure of Twitter back. Uh, I don't think it would be happy, but it, I don't think it would it would help him. At the same time, the left, I think, is genuinely obsessed with Trump, not because they want to throw him in prison, but because they want him to be the GOP nominee. And if they act with that level of obsession, they think they can convince us to vote for him. These are the people whose entire strategy in 2022 was to fund Republican campaigns to ensure they got nominated and then beating them in the general election. And as much as I criticized it, they say these people are threats to democracy. Why are they funding them? By God, it worked. It worked real well. All these people went down in flames that the Democrats picked. And so now they want to throw their attention money and effort into getting Donald Trump the Republican nomination in 2024. I mean, that's why Merrick Garland is announcing this, because he knows Republicans will circle the wagon around Donald Trump, promote Donald Trump, and defend Donald Trump with gusto. And it is all designed to elevate Trump. That's that's just what's happening here. Uh, and for all of you who say, "Oh, political motive," what? Of course, you got to you got to prosecute Trump if he broke the law. You have not ever paid attention to how this country operates. Um, it's time to move on. It's time to let him go. But too many people make money off of Donald Trump for them to be willing to let him go. That actually is the truth of the matter. One of the groups that's helping conservatives generally across the country is Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile is a cell phone company, and all you have to do is move your cell phone business to them. You get guaranteed great service. They use the same cell towers everybody else uses, but they take a portion of their profits, and they give it to the conservative movement. All you have to do is go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric. They actually have a map at patriotmobile.com slash Eric. You can zoom into your house on this map, and you can see how strong the signal coverage is for 5G, data, voice, you name it, so you get comfortable with their coverage. And again, it's guaranteed service from Patriot Mobile. They also give you great discounts if you're a veteran, a first responder, a teacher, an NRA member. If you have a lot of lines for a lot of kids, you can get great access at Patriot Mobile. It's patriotmobile.com slash Eric. You can also call them. They have 100% U.S.-based customer service. 972-PATRIOT is the number, 972-PATRIOT. Call them, tell them I sent you, you get free activation with my name, or just go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, and again, they use the same cell towers everybody else uses. You get guaranteed great service. You can take your existing phone number to them, and then they spend a portion of their profits on the conservative causes you care about. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. Uh, there is some news Republicans nationwide should pay attention to. School choice motivated midterm voters in school superintendent races around the country. Even USA Today is noticing this. Americans are divided on school choice, and that was reflected in their votes last week. Seven states chose state school superintendents. Schools with robust school choice programs, like Arizona, voted in candidates who support it. Uh, Oklahoma ushered in new leaders who believe they can give school voucher options for the first time. 
Oklahoma's incoming state school superintendent is Ryan Walters, a Republican. He campaigned on giving parents the option of school vouchers to decide where their kids go to school and to take public money along with them to a private school, religious school, or homeschool program if that's their choice. He was one of a small number of state superintendents elected last week who's an advocate of school choice and who's backing of powerful groups and politicians uh, calling it a school choice wave. Um. Unfortunately, in Georgia, it was the Democrat who's the school choice advocate, and she lost to the Republican. All the Republicans in Georgia won. Uh, But there is a pattern shaping up that you really need to pay attention to. Republicans around the country are starting to realize they can win long term if they embrace school choice. And it is my hope that in my state of Georgia and others, Republicans will realize this is really a winning issue for you. Not only is it a winning issue, but over time, uh, you as a Republican uh, will see your share of the vote grow. Look at what happened in um, Florida. There was a conversion of African-American and Hispanic voters towards the GOP. And a lot of that had to do with black and Hispanic parents not wanting their children to have to go back into public schools after being given options for private schools. And you had Charlie Crist and the Democrats campaigning on shutting down school choice in Florida. Once you give this entitlement to parents, they're not going to go vote Democrat if the Democrats try to reverse it. I mean, even in Arizona, where they went with a Democrat over Kerry Lake, they went with Katie Hobbs. They elected a Republican school uh, superintendent for the state to make sure school choice happens. Republicans, I'm telling you, you're crazy if you don't push school choice in your state. Georgia Republicans need to pay attention. Now, before I get out of here, I need to tell you, please. If you can help provide Thanksgiving meals for those in need, please text the word DONATE to 33777. I am helping Hungry for a Day. I do it every year. And I would really like to get as many people as possible to help them. Yesterday, in just two hours, we raised about $50,000. So the money is coming. They're trying to cover 35,000 families around the nation. More as more money comes in, they'll up their goal. But they need to be able to buy turkeys and all the trimmings for Thanksgiving, and they do that with your donation. $40 will cover a family of four, $80, two families of four, or a family of eight. Uh, Divide up the money however you want, but please consider, if you've been, God's been generous to you, please be generous. Text the word DONATE to 33777, or just go to ericthanksgiving.com, E-R-I-C-K, thanksgiving.com. And that'll direct you to the donation link. All donations are tax deductible, 100% tax deductible. Uh, Text donate to 33777.